Okay, good morning, everybody. It's Tony Fleming. This is uh, 7 a.m. Eastern Mindset Call. We do this call every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 7 a.m. Eastern. It's a conference call uh, that we load on uh, a podcast platform, 16 different podcast platforms from Apple to iTunes to, to Breaker to Spotify, things of that sort. So we put them on the on the platform so it's easy access to get to it, and uh, you can share it. Please share it. You know, please share with uh, some of the younger folks. You know, just get it out there, man. Just, you know, share it. Let them, you know, see what they think about it. You know, even if you don't like it, uh, share it with other people because it's easy access to do that. And we got people who kind of stumble across it because they're on these platforms. But uh, that it's a, you know, it's two reasons why we put it out there. Number one, easy access to get back to it. And number two, just for people who might run across it and hear it because, what we do on this call, we talk about mindset, mental toughness. We talk about a paradigm shift. We talk about that if you want to change your life financially, most of us need a paradigm shift because most of us grew up in a middle class or poor neighborhood. I don't I don't think it's anybody on our call, now somebody might stumble across it, that grew up in a super wealthy neighborhood. What I found out from wealthy neighborhoods is that there's a different conversation being said. You know, when I start reading books of wealthy people, I noticed that the whole conversation was totally different than the uh, middle class and the poor. And so, and experts say that we retain uh, and hold on to uh, everything from the womb to nine years old. So that's the time that we're more fertile, uh, that, you know, it's a clean slate there. So whatever's said, we grab it and hold on to it, and we hold on to it forever unless we go back to it and address it, you know, and that's what we're doing here. We're trying to pull up some of those old thoughts that we have that are buried uh, inside of us. You know, we think they're not there because we got new clothes, new car, new house and things, and we feel like those thoughts are not there anymore. But they're there because they're cemented in. We got to go in there and pull them out, you know, from books, from these kind of conversations here. And you said, why do that? Well, <clears throat> if you notice um, that, well, I don't know if you noticed this or not, but in order to advance, you gotta it's your thoughts. So you gotta change your thoughts because when you change your thoughts you change your action. And when you change your action you change your life. So we gotta change those thoughts about some of the stuff that's been if you can just go back and think about middle class and poor neighborhoods, what kind of conversation was going on there? The stuff that we heard, you know, over and over and over on a regular basis, you know, they ought to get us, you know, this, you know, rich people evil. I mean, all kind of stuff when it comes to money. Money ain't everything. Money, nobody says money is everything, but money is something. It is something. You need to have it. And if you start saying it ain't everything, just tell your, tell your girlfriend, you ain't everything. Keep telling your wife you ain't everything and see what happens. So we're not saying that <clears throat> we slave over money, but we're saying that in every store you go into, they want money. Every school you send your kid to, they want money. Every car you buy, they want money. Every piece of clothes you buy, they want money. Everything you do, they want money. And so don't look at money as something evil, which a lot of us grew up hearing that in the, in the middle, middle class and poor neighborhoods because rich people were evil. So what we're saying is we've got to get those thoughts out of our head so we can advance because those some of those thoughts are holding us back. You say, well, what do I got to do with me? What What are my business? Well, if you if you think that money is evil, you think that you know that rich people are evil. What's going to make you strive harder every day to go for your goals and dreams? What's when people reject you every day in your business? 
What's going to make you keep picking up that script that you love, that script that you think is the answer? What's going to make you keep using that script? Because on the inside of you, if you feel like I'm nothing, you feel like I'm not worth anything, you feel like that I'll never have anything, or you feel like it's not even worth it to go after the money because the money is this and the money is that. We've got to change those thoughts. First, we've got to pull them up because a lot of us think because we've got new clothes, a new car, a new house that we don't have it. No. Because, see, you can get a lot of that through, you know, payment plan. You get to get a lot of that just being in America. But if we want to advance more, we've got to change those thoughts, folks, because we fight, we fight the wrong enemy. The enemy is the inner me. It's the enemy. We got to deal with that. So that's why we put these calls out here. That's why we do it every day because, you know, some people, you know, think they're fighting, you know, and I'm like, you keep looking over the main thing. The main thing is us. It's you. It's me. It's our thoughts. It's our doubt. We can give you everything to work with, but if you're not going to do it and work and change your inside, which kind of goes back to the last 20 minutes I'm going to play today uh, from the uh, the call we did on on. Uh, Monday, remember, um, with Lewis, and he talks about, um, well, you hear it, he's going to talk about mindset, because everything else he was putting in place wasn't working till he realized it was mindset, you know what I'm saying, it's like he was, and, and a lot of us are doing that, we're putting stuff in place, and we're not following through, we're not continuing, we're not being tough, we don't have, and all that is our thoughts, all that is our mindset, and so we we kind of trying to put the Band-Aid, or we're just putting a Band-Aid over something without even really hitting the point. The point is the person is you. It's almost like when I, if, I, if I was going to invest with somebody, I'm investing with that person, not even the project. I might not even understand the project. I might not even understand the business, but I know that person, and I understand that person. That's who I'm dealing with, the mindset of that person. And so that's, that's what we do. Uh, we got a replay number also. Uh, 712-432-1085, and you can call that replay number right after the call, and this call will be up till uh, uh, Friday morning this time. And then after that, it will be on the podcast. You know, it will be loaded on the on the platform. Like right now, the one that we did Monday is actually on the podcast platform right now. It's out there now, so you can go to it and grab it, um, listen to it, share it with other people. All right. So I'm going to pick back up right now with, uh, let me see if I can, I want to, I'm probably not going to get to the exact point, but I want to get to the, you know, like close to the point. I think it's about 20 minutes left that we have uh, with this one particular interview. I told you I got 15 hours of that, but this is only about an hour and 20 minutes. So we did about, shoot, 50 minutes, I guess, or 60 minutes on um, Monday. So uh, I wanna, I'm going to click on it. I'm going to try to fast forward it down to the last uh, 20 minutes, so we can hear the rest of that today. And this is, uh, uh, like I said, this, this is interview number six. I did about 15 with him because I, I talked to him every every Wednesday for an hour. That was my, that's my goal, you know, for, you know, how people have uh, different things they want to contribute to. Mine was to get books into the prisons. And so my thing was, you know, some people have foundations, they set up whatever, but my thing was that. And so I found out how, you know, and I got this guy for an hour, every day and then you know it went from me saying to him man all this stuff you're giving me is great let me record it because we weren't even thinking about doing that and so that's how this came about all right so i'm gonna try i'm gonna click on it and i'm gonna fast forward it and see if i can get to around about i kind of marked where we were last time so let's see if i can get there hold on all 
All right, Lou, we good here, man. How you doing? I'm good. How you doing, man? Stay back. So I'm going to okay. get on top I'm, of that. I'm the... He had got a parole, and he was waiting to leave. He was going through the process of waiting to leave. And uh, he, like, he left that with me. So, uh, yeah, didn't take good. He'd been home for like three years. Now, I still talk so, to him. Is, stuff, is you most know? of the people there from Ohio, or they come in from other states? Oh no! Most people are from Ohio. We got some. We have some people here that's from other states, but the most people that's locked up here is mostly Ohio. Okay. Um, so, remember I talk about mentorship, and mm-hmm. what I have done, I've been aiming because at first my aim was, okay, how does parole board thing work? So I would go talk to everybody that was going to parole board and get all this information and everybody's opinion, and some people hate the parole board, and some people talking about this, that, and the other, and I didn't do it, and I'm innocent. So then I said, okay, I got enough information like that. Then I only started dealing with dudes that got parole. When I started doing that, what I was looking for, because at that point in my process, it was a certain amount of uh, irresponsibility. I'm going to explain that. I was looking for somebody to give me the magic answer on how do you gain your freedom? Nobody could ever give me that. I could not nail it down because everybody had a different perspective or a side. But I was keeping notes and everything, you know, doing my research. And what I came to the conclusion of is this. It's a mindset. And every individual has their own personal um, flaws, weaknesses, what they call them criminogenic barriers. And when you as a human being, as a man, take responsibility for the way you think and the decisions you make and the way you behave, when you get on that road, that mindset, that is the mindset to freedom. And it became bigger than just freedom from the parole board. That is the mindset to freedom in life. That has matured me. That is why I can function as a functional adult now. I'm taking responsibility for my thinking. So that means I have to take responsibility for what comes into my mind and eye and irrigate. Uh, that made it now is more so about freedom of you gain your freedom. Nobody could ever give me that. I could not nail it down because everybody had a different perspective or a side. But I was keeping notes and everything, you know, doing my research. And what I came to the conclusion of is this. It's a mindset. And every individual has their own personal um, flaws, weaknesses, what they call them, criminogenic barriers. And when you as a human being, as a man, take responsibility for the way you think and the decisions you make and the way you behave, when you get on that road, that mindset, that is the mindset to freedom. And it became bigger than just freedom from the parole board. That is the mindset to freedom in life. That has matured me. That is why I can function as a functional adult now. I'm taking responsibility for my thinking. So that means I have to take responsibility for what comes into my mind and eye and irrigate. He says I got to take responsibility for what comes in to my mind, my eyes, my irrigate. You know how Tony Robbins said, said, guard your mind, watch what you watch, watch what you listen to, watch what you hear. 
I mean, we got grown people out here that debate with me on that, just argue with me on that about guarding your thoughts, all the crap that we watch, all the stuff that we do. I'm not telling you not to watch all of it. No, I'm saying you got to minimize it, though. If that's more, if you're watching more crap than anything else, he said, I got to take responsibility for that. I got to be the, the mature person and understand that I can't let all this stuff come in me like that and just feed my mind with that. And we play games with that. We really do. We act like, you know, that ain't, you know, it's almost like how people, you, you, we eat ice cream every night and wonder why we fat as hell. You know, well, I just had a little bit, and so it's the same thing with what we put in our thoughts. And he said, you got to take responsibility for that. Uh, that mindset change is the course to freedom. And it now is more so about freedom of life, my life. Uh, it's not just about another thing. You can't, I can't please the parole board. That's not the purpose of them. That's not the purpose of that. And that's what I was trying to do. I would bring all these worksheets up here, and they're going to see that I go to all these classes, and I ain't been to the hole, and everything's going to be all right. I'm a fool. And uh, one of the bro- This call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored. Maybe understand uh, the magnitude of what I had done. First, the first time I went, it was in 2013, I received a five-year continuous. So when I was at the camp, I went to the camp prior to me going to the parole board. So I was prepared for the parole board, and this brother that run his program, Man Who Wish to Change, Ron Nash, he was, uh, I wanted to show him what I was doing, you know, because I looked up to him. He was like, I mean, he had a program going and everything. He had got a parole, and, you know, I wanted to have that same role. And at that point in my process, I thought these worksheets meant a lot. And I had all these worksheets over my bed. I'll never forget because he, he bunked catacorn to me. I had all these worksheets, man. He's like, let me take a look at what you got. He came over there. He looked. He flipped through all of them. I was telling him, yeah, this was that class. I did this and that class and this class. And he looked at me. He said, what you in jail for? And I'm like, man, you know what I'm in jail for, man. I'm in jail for, for killing somebody. He said, okay. He looked at some more. And he said, you in jail for murder, right? I said, yeah. And he started, he kept asking me that. He kept messing with me. He would say, man, what you in jail for, man? And it finally hit me. Man, I'm in here. I done did the worst of all crimes in the history of the world. I have taken a man's life. I have taken a man from his family, from his future, from his dreams, from his hopes, from his goals, uh, removed a father, a son, a nephew, a cousin, a friend, a confidant. I have snatched that away that could never be replaced. I have injured the whole community, put a wound in the community like never before, and I'm up here with some goddamn worksheets. And the whole insanity of what I thought the parole process was about, the whole insanity of what I thought I had done, and that, oh, I've been locked up for 20 years, and, you know, I guess uh, I've changed. I'm a better person now. I'm a good person, and, and you know, I want to do the right thing, and I've been doing all these classes, so... Why not let me go? And that was part of the nature of the crime. It's the nature of the magnitude of the destruction I caused. And if I'm not going to take that same energy that I destroyed with and use that energy to create solutions, then, man, what kind of person am I? What do I get out of now? What kind of human being that you could say you did? This call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored. I'm sorry that happened. You know, uh, it was horrible. I wish it didn't happen. And all that. Okay, whatever. That's all good. 
What are you prepared to do? Actions is real. Remorse is action. When you really sorry about something, it's about action. It's about what are you going to do to make sure this. When he said, I came up with some worksheets, it made me think about when, you know, we, we got these big dreams and goals and we got all this stuff we want to do. We all, and we keep looking for some kind of script. You know, give me about 20 different scripts. We keep looking for that. We keep, see, you, you're saying the wrong thing. You're saying the that's not that's not the answer. If you're trying to change your life, which is a gigantic goal, a big goal, that's not that's that's almost third grade stuff. Am I saying don't have that? No, you got to have it, but that ain't the answer. The answer is within. The answer is the person within. Like he said, he had realized. Wait a minute. This is foolish. I'm dumb. This is. I gotta I gotta dig deep down inside of me and realize that that's where the fight is. That that's where the fight is. Don't never happen again. But I had to understand why. And that's where Robin with the PTSD. That's with the education. That's with me believing in myself. And wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So this was before. This was the first parole board meeting or before the parole board meeting. This was before my second one. This so was your second one. So this guy right. had this guy had been on he he was released and you were trying to say show me what did you do and talk to them about that made them release you and you were showing them some stuff that you put together and he pretty much was like that's that's too simple you gotta you gotta come with something stronger than that not even too simple it's stupid it doesn't make sense I'm in here for murdering a man. And I'm bringing them some worksheets, and it was going tied into what I'm coming full circle was. It was coming. It was tied into what Dennis Haygood was telling me. What Ron Nash told me, man, you done took a man's life, and you running around here depending upon passing the buck, not taking responsibility. You depend upon the staff, the ODRC, the parole board to hold your hand through life like a child, and that they're going to make everything better because you got good attendance and you've been a good boy. That ain't life. They need you to be a man. They need you to be a thinking, functioning, responsible citizen, a real human being that helps other human beings because that's what it is to be a citizen. To be a citizen is to understand that you are part of the whole and to do meaningful, real work. So I took a man's life, so how can I sleep with that and I'm not going to prevent other kids? So when I found out why I did it and why I couldn't think, my lack of education, my lack of executive functioning skills, I had to improve upon these things so that this never happens again, so I never victimize again, when I realized that I had a false identity and I had to start pulling away all the old things that I was connected to, I was lying to myself to get to who I really was. If I know this is what other people are going through, why would I not want to reach out and help? He said he had to pull away all them old thoughts that we're trying to pull away here to get to where he needs to get to. My peers and help the children and help the parents that's raising these children. That's what's real. And it's become more than just, oh, how do I get out? It's real life. This is my life. This ain't just some programs for jail. These ain't no jail programs. These are life-changing programs, life-changing interventions that are founded upon evidence-based materials. 
evidence-based through science and evidence-based through my life working. Uh, I read a book, what was that brother's name? And he was like, the best example you can give anybody is your life working. And those that know me, those that see me, they know, like, man, it's been an astronomical change. It's been, it's been, it's been enormous. It's been to a whole nother plane. And when they ask how and they ask why, I got an answer for that. This is how. It was hard. It was tedious. It wasn't easy. It's still a process. I'm not perfect now. I'm still in the process of learning. I'm a lifelong learner now. I had stopped learning too early. This is why learning overcoming violence every day is so important. It is a mantra, the learning overcoming violence every day. It is not only just physical violence. It is the violence that we perpetuate upon ourselves, we, we put on ourselves. When we tell ourselves that I'm stupid, I'm dumb, I ain't nothing, because your father done told you that or your grandmother told you that or some dude told you that or you weren't accepted in school and you got this false identity and this false view of yourself and you are destroying yourself with violence. With now, this, this learning overcoming overcoming violence every day, is that a, a catchphrase that you use? Because like that stands for love, right? Right. Okay. That's Books for Bruises. That is the, that is the subheading. That's this, this Books for Bruises, love. Books for Bruises, learning, overcoming That's violence. That's right. I read day. that. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. So that is the connection of the program. That is how you heal the, the books. is the side to heal the bruises. But that learning is not just technical learning, just because uh, you ain't going to get this in college. You ain't going to get this. This is life learning. This is identity learning. How many people know who they are? If they strip away the cars, the jewelry, the makeup, if they strip away their titles, and they just have to stand there bare naked before God in judgment, how many people know who they are? And it's comfortable with who they are because they know they're worth it. Not because you're perfect. You'll never be perfect. You're human. You know, you ain't never going to be perfect, but you're comfortable with who you are, and who you are is good enough. You have one minute remaining. You only feel good enough when you work life. See, when you work death, when you got harboring hatred, guilt, jealousy in your heart, you're depressed, something missing. You ain't happy. You're always frustrated. But when you work in life, when my whole, your whole perspective, I'm trying to see a way, how can I increase human life? How can I bless Mr. Fleming? How can I bless this dude? How can I bless the CEO with something? How can, I, how can I change the environment in here? I see these dudes doing this. Let me not judge them. How can I find a way to, to, to change the circumstances so that, therefore, we can all grow, we can all live? It's about life. And when you work in life, you're happy. Like I said, I'm in jail. I skip through the day, though. It don't mean I don't get frustrated. It's not frustration. It's not adversity. Uh, some stuff that came out. You're always frustrated. But when you work in life, when my whole, your whole perspective, I'm trying to see a way, how can I increase human life? How can I bless Mr. Fleming? How can I bless this dude? How can I bless the CEO with something? How can, I, how can I change the environment in here? I see these dudes doing this. Let me not judge them. How can I find a way to, to, to change the circumstances so that, therefore, we can all grow, we can all live? It's about life. And when you work in life, you're happy. Like I said, I'm in jail. I skip through the day, though. It don't mean I don't. He said he, they call him Skipper sometimes because he just skipped down the, through the jail. He said, and this is before he realized he was getting out of there. He had realized then what his purpose was and how he just thought. He said, oh, and I deal with life every day. I skip around here, like you know, because I'm 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 going after life, not hatred, not jealousy, not talking about people. I'm going after life. Okay, it's not frustration, not adversity, not upset.
This call is originating from an Ohio correctional facility and may be recorded and monitored. Now, I talk about the flip side of some stuff that came out of the camp, too. The ugly and adversity that I had to conquer and I had to deal with. And that's an everyday 12-inch plan, like I said. That every day I got to tell myself who I am, who I'm. Thank you for using GTL. All right, folks, that's it for the day. That was it for that one. Um, throughout the year, you know, through the rest of the year, I'm going to play some more because I got about 14 hours more of that actually to hear his whole story because that was just us kind of having general conversation in. But throughout the uh, rest of the year, you know, I'm going to you know, jump in with some more stuff that, you know, you can actually hear. Uh, and his story was really profound because throughout his story, too, he tells how his growth came and how he uh, – he talks about one part where he went to this one particular prison. Uh, he, he talks about this lady named Miss Money who ran the prison, and he says how she changed his life. He said because that particular prison, she really cared for the people, and he noticed, he said he noticed <laughs> within the prison the guys that were really, you know, setting themselves apart. He said they all had glasses, and they all carried a red folder. And he said... He didn't wear glasses, but he went and bought some glasses. <laughs> he said, I put my glasses on, and I got me a red folder, and I just walked around prison. He said, I became that those people. He said, I, just, I saw what they were doing, and, you know, he said, I went and got me some glasses, cut my hair or something like that, he said, and it got me a red folder. And, you know, so I, I copied what they were doing because I wanted to set myself apart from the other thugs in there and say, look, this, I'm, I'm with this crew. This is what I'm doing here, and uh, oh man, he got it's, it's plenty more things though. Um, but that's um, that's it for the day, folks. That's it. You know, go back and listen to this replay also. I hope you listen to the replay uh, from the other one. Uh, let me say this too, right quick. Anybody a part of our team? Just for this, just for uh, right quick, uh, the convention we have. And if you're a director and above, you know, say the date for uh, that Friday night right after our, our company meeting. Uh, we can go to dinner or something. So say that date, that Friday night, right after the company meeting. If you're directing above, we'll, you know, I'm gonna give you more information on that. So we're gonna, you know, be ready to get out of there, and we're gonna roll somewhere and do some things, though. All right, but guess what? I do have a mystery voice today. So y'all tell me who this guy is, and we're gonna we're gonna end it. Y'all tell me, and I'm gonna use. I need to use this this mystery voice clip all the time because this guy's telling the whole truth and nothing but the truth. I doubt if y'all can get this guy though. Let's see. Whenever we kind of embark on something new, I think it's important to talk about expectations. Expectations. Okay, but let's start with that thing on top. Study. Study. You cannot play here, young players, if you don't know what you're doing. I'm not going to tell you that everything is okay and allow you to be mediocre. I've played for a long time. The coaches that drive me crazy to this day are the ones that told me I was good all the time. Boy, hey, 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 boy, you're doing a great job. And I knew I was mediocre as hell. And the guy that was on my ass, it made me be good every day as a guy that I appreciate right now. That's our job. Mm. 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 Oh, you're just doing great. Just tell me, tell me how good I am. Just tell me, tell me I'm good. He said, that ain't. The one that's on your ass all the time telling you you need to do this, do that. That's the one you go respect later on. But the one you want right now, you know, just tell me how good I am. Just just tell me. Just tell me how good I am. I'm good at this. 
Whenever we kind of embark on something new, I think it's important to talk about expectations. Expectations. Okay, but let's start with that thing on top. Study. Study. You cannot play here, young players, if you don't know what you're doing. I'm not going to tell you that everything is okay and allow you to be mediocre. I've played for a long time. The coaches that drive me crazy to this day are the ones that told me I was good all the time. Boy, hey, hey, hey boy, you're doing a great job. And I knew I was mediocre as hell. And the guy that was on my ass and made me be good every day is the guy that I appreciate right now. That's our job. That's our job to stay on your A-Z-Z. It ain't to tell you how. <laughs> just tell me how good I am. Just tell me. Let me give you one more chance because none of y'all are even close. It's a football coach. I tell Whenever you we kind of embark on something new, I think it's important to talk about expectations. Expectations. Okay, but let's start with that thing on top. Study. Study. You cannot play here, young players, if you don't know what you're doing. I'm not going to tell you that everything is okay and allow you to be mediocre. I've played for a long time. The coaches that drive me crazy to this day are the ones that told me I was good all the time. Somebody says, is he alive? Yes, he's alive. <laughs> now, uh, Lombardi is dead, Mark. <laughs> Y'all know that don't sound like Jimmy Johnson. So, Come on. Uh, I'll give you another hint. He loved to clap. He, he <laughs> I think Skip Bayless called him the clapper. He's a clapper, y'all. <laughs> he always clapping. <laughs> always. Boy, hey, 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 boy, you're doing a great job. I knew I was mediocre as hell. And the guy that was on my ass and made me be good every day is the guy that I appreciate right now. That's our job. Give me y'all a chance now. <laughs> Give me y'all a chance. <laughs> I'm getting all kind of uh Jeff Fisher. Is it? Is it? Yeah, I'm sure y'all. Yeah, you probably gonna get it because you know. I can tell you this: he got fired. <laughs> he got fired. He's coaching somewhere else right now. But that's what coaches do: they get fired. Whenever we kind of embark on something new, I think it's important to talk about expectations. Expectations. Okay, but let's start with that thing on top. Study. All right, Roy's got it. Go ahead, Royce. All right, I'm going to let it play out. Study. You cannot play here, young players, if you don't know what you're doing. The answer is Jason Garrett. They coached the Cowboys for I don't know how long. He's at the Giants. I can tell you that everything is okay and allow you to be mediocre. I've played for a long time. The coaches that drive me crazy to this day are the ones that told me I was good all the time. Boy, hey, hey, hey boy, you're doing a great job. I knew I was mediocre as hell. And the guy that was on my ass and made me be good every day is the guy that I appreciate right now. That's our job. 
All right, folks, we out of here. Y'all have a fantastic day, man. Go back and listen to the replay again. Like I said, take notes. You got to do the application like we talk about the application. You got to apply it. It's mindset, folks. It's mindset. All right, stop the call. Y'all have a great day.